Hello, thanks for tuning in to Learn, Grow, Succeed, the leadership podcast with me, Tom Hallett. This podcast is all about providing you with insights and tips to help you on your journey towards exceptional leadership. Hello and welcome back to the Learn, Grow, Succeed leadership podcast with me, Tom Hallett and my learned colleague across the Zoom call. Me, Alex Dinich. How was that? You're getting better at saying your own name. Well done, mate. Um, so this week's podcast is uh, about the Great Resignation, which is a very grand title. And um, we'll talk a little bit about what the hell the Grand Resignation is. Um, but also, and probably slightly more importantly, we'll start to discuss how you can go about retaining talent in your team so you're not uh, a victim of this great resignation um and you know this blog was inspired actually by an article written by mckinsey and company which was sent to me by uh, one of one of our clients so thank you sanj um over at mindshare who, who sent this over and I, I will link to it in the uh, comments for the, the podcast because it's a fascinating read and it's all about how attrition rates at the moment post COVID um, and for various other reasons are going through the roof. So I just thought I'd throw a few stats at you, which are mind blowing if you ask me. So 40% of people who were surveyed in the McKinsey report have said that they may leave their job in the next three to six months. Now that is a big number. If your company is sitting with a 40% turnover rate, uh, you're gonna be saying what, what on earth's going on? And that's, that's looking across the board um, in this study. Um, 53% of companies surveyed said they are experiencing higher turnover of employees at the moment compared to what they would expect to be their norms pre-pandemic. And here's one that's also quite, uh, insightful and that's that 36 percent of people who have left their job that were surveyed 36 percent left their job with no job to go to so this is not that uh people are being headhunted left right and center albeit i'm sure there is a bit of that this is that people are really assessing what's important in their lives and they're making those changes and taking those risks um to, to make that change for something better and 64 percent of people said they were willing to do the same so they are quite uh, big stats. And, and if you're running a team or a big business, you know, that, that could potentially keep you up at night if you were worried, you know, if you have the prospect of losing maybe half your employees in the next three to six months. It's not something that I would want to, to happen in my business. So what we're going to do after this, we'll get into to the ways that we can, we can stop that. Um, before we do, as ever, we have um, loads of content to support your leadership journey on our website. And thank you very much for joining us on, on the podcast today. It's, it's always a, an honor to have people on board. Awesome. So, Alex. You are the author extraordinaire of the blog. So I know I gave a little bit of context there, but but tell us a little bit more around uh, the great resignation, uh, I guess, to begin with. Yeah, I think actually um, I applauded you whilst the jingle was playing. What a cracking intro. Um, yeah, the numbers are staggering, right? Um, so 
it's interesting to look into the reasons. And obviously, as you can imagine, a lot of them come down to the last, I was going to say a year, it's almost been, well, it has been two years um, where everything was kind of turned upside down by the pandemic. Um, it's changed a lot for people in terms of um, their drives. Um, I feel like a lot of people now are more willing to pursue their passions in life um, because the last two years, if it's taught you anything, it's that nothing's certain. And you know what? Sometimes it's best to, to try and do things yourself in order to make your life a bit more certain. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. And I was just going to build on that by saying, I think people mm. have become more aware of their values. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, to some extent, a lot of us have, uh, have gone into survivor mode a little bit in the last year, two years, and you do suddenly start to see, you know, what's important to you and, and what you really want in life um, when certain things are taken away from you. And I think uh, another factor as well is that a lot of people, especially here in the UK, have been furloughed and they've had a lot of time to sit with their thoughts and to sit with, um, you know, without much to do. And a lot of people have found things to do in that time that actually could work for them as a living anyway. So that that is a big uh, driver for people to quit their jobs. I think at the same time as well, talking about furlough, is that people had, in some cases, a year, over a year of being paid and, and not really working and have built up uh, kind of a, a nice little financial backing for themselves so that they could quit a job now and have a couple of months where they still don't need to worry about money and it's not urgent. They could take their time, search thoroughly for something that maybe suits them a bit better and, and not have to worry about keeping a roof over their head and, and putting food on the table because they were they were lucky enough that they still had money coming in minus all the typical expenses that you'd have in life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, better money to be able to make the move and yeah, that motivation to do it because, you know, how many people, I mean, they spent an hour, two hours commuting to and from an office. Mm. Then through the last couple of years, got to work from home, realized the joy of, I don't know, picking up their kids from school a few times a week or um, being able to, at the end of the day, I don't know, get into the gym or something when usually they'd have been commuting and now you know, not willing to go back to a long commute, not at least not every day. And if companies aren't willing to be flexible, they're happy to make the move because like you say, they might have a bit of financial backing or just increased motivation. Yeah. And I think obviously we're going to go into points about how you can help retain a lot of the talent that you wouldn't want to leave your team. Um, and I suppose the flip side to all those points that we're going to mention is that, as you just said there, people have been at home and they've probably been in quite a happy place, spending a lot more time with family and doing things that they love that, they're less likely to tolerate maybe unsatisfactory working environments. And, and, you know, they're probably more likely going to weigh up. Well, is the amount of money this job's bringing me worth all the other stuff that comes with it? Um, so I do think there's a different level in which people are likely to tolerate some of the things that are the opposite of what we're about to mention. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I guess I want to lay my cards on the table early on in this podcast to say, cool. I think this is, an incredible an incredibly positive movement like we talk about the great resignation and i opened up by saying you know if you're leading a business and you're faced with the prospect of losing all these people that you should be worried and indeed you should be but actually my overwhelming view is if 40 50 percent of your workforce are willing to leave your business 
then you need to change because your business is not running right. And people are kind of, you know, it's like people voting with their feet. If they're walking out, then you need to make changes to make it better for people. Um, so, yeah, I guess I just wanted to say out front, out front that the Great Resignation to me is such a positive cultural shift globally um, that can that can improve people's lives and make people happier and live more fulfilled and all that sort of incredible stuff. Yeah, and I think obviously, as we just said in the last two years, I think people were shocked by how much wasn't actually in their control. Maybe the things they thought they had under control, they didn't. So now with things, you know, looking a lot more normal than they were previously, people are now trying to grab as much control as they can so that any time this happens again or any time that there's a major shift going on in their lives that they're in a much better position than they were, you know, two years ago. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So that's a little bit about what the Great Resignation is, a little bit about why it's going on and as i said i will link to the original article um that inspired us to to talk about this um and i do recommend you take 20 minutes out of your day to read it it's fascinating um so now we'll move on to some key things you can do to get people to stay and i guess another little caveat though i just want to throw into the mix before we get into it is that uh turnover of people is not necessarily a bad thing for businesses. And uh, so this is all about how to get people to stay or on the flip side, it's people will still leave, but it's to get them to leave in a really positive view of you as a business. Um, you know, we work a lot in tech and actually they want 20, 25% turnover rates because they want talent coming through the business. They want people to, to leave, go to other tech businesses, learn stuff and come back and bring that knowledge back to the business. So turnover is not necessarily a bad thing. Where turnover is a really bad thing is if people are leaving because they're unhappy. So, um, so maybe this should be, instead of how to get people to stay, it should be how to make sure people are happy working with you um maybe a better way of thinking about it for going forward yeah a hundred percent and i think um as you just said there you know people are coming in and they're not being given you know each of these five things that we're about to list then yeah their time the turnover might be quicker their time will potentially be shorter but like you say it's very unlikely you're going to get the best out of them during that time as well because they're they're not going to be motivated they're not going to be happy and when you miss those pretty um essential kind of uh, you know mental things when you come into work that's going to make a huge difference on performance yeah definitely okay so let's get into it what is the first uh top tip on making people happy or, or getting them to stay oh i feel like i'm uh <laughs> i feel like i'm on a cooking show first part <laughs> of the recipe uh, <laughs> is to well uh, importantly um as i just said with, with people maybe doing a lot of stuff for themselves or, or learning more about their values. I think it's really important that if people are in a role now that they're potentially questioning whether they're completely happy and fulfilled in, is that they understand their significance as a whole. Um, as I just said there, some key words, motivation and, and inspiration. You know, when you know the things you're doing every single day are impacting others, um, they're contributing to a bigger picture, then you understand the purposes behind those actions. Um, at the end of the day, you need to understand what 
are your brushstrokes in the bigger picture of of the team of the company and and actually what what are you doing that drives the team onto where they want to be how are you contributing to the bigger and wider goals yeah the, the what are you doing that contributes to people but also the why to go mm. back to i mean we seem to talk about simon cynic all the time but you know the the power of why people need to understand why they do what they do as well mm. as uh you know what what why what they do uh contributes to it and i think um this is something that that actually is also gone up in its significance through pandemics mm-hmm. because pandemic sounds like we've had multiple we've had one ever we kind of it feels like we have yeah through the pandemic um is again with people moving to remote working i think this is one that has not kind of come out of the washer at the other side because a lot of the time if you were in an office you were a bit more connected to the broader activity of the business you know you might be sitting in an operations job but you might sit across the way from the finance team and you'll overhear a conversation about i don't know money coming into the business or you might get you might have got more briefings about how it's impacting local communities that what the business is doing or or whatever the case may be you might be in a factory and actually see stuff going out the door whereas all these people now sit at home and you become so focused on what you do and what your team does you can lose sight of that bigger picture and and again indeed the why why is your company doing what it's doing why are you doing what you're doing and you might not see that if if you haven't put things in place in your business with these new ways of working to to keep people connected to it mm. and uh i might be putting you on the spot a bit here tom but are there any particular exercises or or potential activities that you think would be very helpful in order to achieve this yeah you are putting me on the spot i mean <laughs> I mean, off the top of my head, I don't think I have golden bullets and there's, you can throw some cliches into this around communications, Mm. regular communications across your business. You know, I think leadership within businesses, whether you're 10 people or a hundred thousand people need to, you need to think more about how you communicate with people if people are working remotely. So look at the different channels. You do, you do videos video updates to to him to your staff to make them understand what's going on at a big picture and um, there's things like that there's at a team level do people understand why you do what you do um, again you could go back to a simon cynic and say um, he advocates why workshops whereas mm-hmm. as teams you look at why you do what you do to help understand it um, do you need to increase the the comms from final products to get people in smaller teams so do you get customers to talk to your employees more to get them to understand the difference they can make um so uh, no no golden bullets there but it's you know what do we do at xl we do we ask teams to do updates on a friday should take five minutes but we say you know what are your key achievements this week across the board so we know what we've done in a commercial team but we also know what the ops team have delivered and what the finance team have invoiced for so we're the whole chain is connected yeah and i think as a team i think we're very sociable and very curious we're always keen to know you know what a person in a different department has been up to and how how that could impact us as a whole 
And um, yeah, I was even thinking before that, uh, I'm looking back to now when I was inducted, which was like two years ago, over two years ago now, um, where because of the nature of our team and, you know, the fact that everyone's very well linked and connected, um, I think the first couple of days I, I spent time meeting everyone and they were telling me about their, their day-to-day, what they do and, and how I would then uh, link into that or how, why I might then communicate with them going forward and where they could help me. Um, and I suppose if you're inducting people as well, that's a great way for them to see the landscape and where they fit into it. And, and yeah, then to just reinforce it and make sure that it's, it's continuous and it doesn't just end there. Constant communication is, is key. Yeah, and, and evolution of how you get people to understand their value into the business. Because mm. I'm not sitting here on a high horse saying we do it perfectly, because I don't think we do. I think we have room for improvement. And actually, yeah, for sure. it's top of my agenda for 2022 planning is mm-hmm. what are we doing to make sure everyone stays connected to, to what we're doing, particularly as we're expanding at the moment. So with new people coming in and, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a moving target. So I guess the next one follows on quite nicely. Um, so because it, it all comes back to, to talking and, and recognizing people, um, but it's praising them like you should. So um, what, what have you, you've unapologetically quoted from Fatboy Slim here for, for those who know who that <laughs> is. <laughs> I mean, what a treat as well, because I think as soon as you read that title, just the, the tune comes into your head. <laughs> so, yeah, and I, I think this links on to the previous point in terms of, I think, obviously, the last one you said in terms of operations, um, you might, if you're not sure how everything links together and you're not sure how what you do um, adds to things, you might ask yourself, why do I even bother? And um, this one on, a, on an interpersonal level is, is exactly the same. You know, if, if, your, if your efforts and all your hard work is going unrecognized, it can really kind of sap your energy and, and like I say, just make you kind of wonder, well, hang on, why am I putting so much time and dedication and effort into this when I could just be doing something else where I feel like it, it rewards me a bit more? Um, so as I said, this is just about obviously individual and collective goals and celebrating them because I think that's really important for momentum. I think it's really important as well in, in signposting progress. And um, I think the key to this though, as well, is obviously not for it to be hollow and for it to be praise for pra- uh, praise's sake, you know, oh, they've done a good job. I should therefore just say, ah, oh, good job. I think people can see the clear difference between thoughtful feedback and, you know, kindness and, and selfless observations than they can for you just saying something like, oh, you've done very well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, so for this one, I, I mean, personally, I think the most important thing, because you want it to be so genuine, is this is this is what managers have to do at, mm-hmm. and what you have to do with your peers. Um, but, but most importantly, managers, because, you know, as a if you're a leader in a large business, if you say to a, a thousand people, you've all done a really good job, you know, they're going to think, well, we have, but you don't know what I've done specifically. Whereas if you in the same position, say to your direct reports, you've done a job, a great job, Alex, because, and you, I don't know, whatever you think is going to resonate. Is it a handwritten card to say, thank you? Is it I don't know, a bunch of flowers or, getting a dominoes delivered to your house is probably more the case but um, yeah that would work for me (laughs) and then making sure that those managers have a little bit of budget and the same inclination to filter that down so they can actually personalize 
and make sure it is a genuine praise to, to recognize people rather than just a hollow well done and have a bonus at the end of the year it doesn't feel personal no and it's and and yeah it's just it's nice to know that people are looking specifically at what you were doing rather than just the results you're getting um and i think yeah when you hear oh okay if someone gives you you know that kind of praise where it's just quite vague you're like oh, okay i've done well that's that's great but if someone really goes into those specifics and goes oh well you've learned how to do this and you can and, and you've done this which means that we've achieved this it just it feels so much more you know you feel you just feel more fulfilled i think and and just much more noticed which, yeah, which is good for all sorts of reasons yeah and that's skip one for the moment and come back back because you've started to go into how this recognition and this this thinking is about people not just about work that they do mm. so when we're talking about recognition this is about saying that you reckon like that you know i might recognize you alex it's not just what you've achieved in your work i mean yes that's important but actually i appreciate you as a person and because you add a lot more than just what you deliver sort of whether it's pounds and pence or, or whatever your output might be um i think that that's important and it comes back also to that specificity which is a very hard word for me to say for some reason <laughs> well done um, <laughs> of of what you do so making sure the praise is specific to you not general um but thinking about you as a person what your drivers and motivators are what your personal situation is when i'm managing you that that's important not just you as a a cog in the machine yeah because there's a there's a big difference between appreciating how valuable you are than just appreciating how valuable the results you achieve are um because yeah they're two completely different sentiments and um yeah it's important for people to feel you know understood trusted and, and cared for and i think like you said when uh, when people just feel like a cog in a machine that does a job and that achieves this and that keeps things running, you know, that's quite that's quite boring, isn't it? And there's not a lot else to it. You're just a person that has this purpose and that's it. Well, like, as you just said, when you're when you're giving praise to a person and you're valuing them as a person within the business, you know, you're not just appreciating them as the hands behind the work, but one of the people behind the work and behind the company. And, you know, you're 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 appreciating more about them than just what they're achieving. Uh, it, it just makes a huge difference in terms of motivation because you know I feel like I'm I'm banging the motivation drum quite hard. But you know, again, being told that your results are great is fine, but being told that you are great is is entirely different. Yep. Yeah, and as I kind of said before, also you can think about if you're treating people people as people not not just cogs and you can tailor what you're doing through you know in reward and recognition and things like that again would someone like a 10 pound dominoes voucher or would they like a 10 pound bunch of flowers picking the right one's going to make a difference because it shows how you know them as a person mm. Cool. So the one we we skipped over to go into people is about investing in their growth. And this is one where, um, you know, we can be on the borderline of promotional act talking, um, but it doesn't have to be just investment in kind of leadership and development activities. But this is about 
again, I guess recognizing people as individuals and saying, you know, what do they need to grow and being able to have a budget to put behind that to use in whatever way required to make sure they're going to move towards their goals as a person. Mm. And I think if you put your, uh, yourself in the position of an individual within your team, um, as we've just discussed during the intro, some people, because of the pandemic, have been quite fortunate in that they have this newfound wealth, not to the extremes, you know, they're not buying mansions and helicopters and stuff, but uh, they're in a much more financially comfortable position than they were previously. But, you know, wealth is, wealth is beyond money. Wealth is about having an abundance. And I think if you're, if you're in a company where you feel like you have an abundance of options for growth and for development, then that, that should outweigh the other options. I mean, obviously it depends on what else you're looking at, but if you know that there's a clear trajectory for you to grow and become something that you aspire to be, you know, you're, you're going to look ahead and think, well, why would I, why would I jump off this train now? It would make no sense unless I'm being offered something that aligns with my values or aligns with my, you know, my drives a bit more than this. But if, if, if it doesn't do that, then it would seem like an, a detrimental kind of backward step to, to not go on that journey forward. Yeah. And it's about, yeah, about looking at people's priorities and a lot of the time, as you say, and particularly now, the value of growth is higher than monetary value. So, you know, a great leadership program or something could be a reason that you will stay with a company, even if you could get more financial reward elsewhere. Mm. And then, you know, to link back to what we just said, you know, uh, we're talking about cogs in a machine. A cog is just a cog that doesn't ever become anything else it, it just stays as a cog whereas you know if you when you're investing in people your company will run beyond just cogs in a machine it will it can it can turn into something different it can revolutionize into something different and, and like you said there if, if the if the promise of an amazing leadership program is there or an unbelievable management program then yeah i think people will be will be intrigued as to as to where they can go with that and not just be a cog that does a job and that will never change. Yeah. You get the old school saying on, on this one where, you know, what if you put all these investments into people's growth and they still leave your company, but the, the opposing view being what, what if you don't invest in them and they stay, because as you say, they'll always be what they are and, and your business won't evolve along with your people. So mm. Okay. So last one is about building peer relationships and, I guess it, it's pretty self-explanatory again. And it, again, it's back to treating people as people, not cogs, because this is all about developing team team bonds as well as personal bonds between you and the people that, that maybe work for you or, or are just in your team. Uh, because, you know, if you feel connected and you have a happy working environment, again, that's more important to many, many people than, than financial reward. Mm. and um yeah i think when you feel like you're part of something special it, it i think you then start to think a lot less about how the grass could be greener elsewhere um you know if you're part of a well-connected very high-spirited and high-performing team then that's that that just feels incredible it just feels like you're you're in a very fortunate situation and you know um in terms of how 
I think we've spoken a lot about the effects of team days, collaborative working and, and challenges as, as being important to people. Um, we've spoken already about how important communication is between people in a business. Um, but yeah, it, it just ultimately, when, when emotions are involved, it becomes a lot harder to leave something you feel deeply attached to and also excited by you know the direction that it's heading in. Yeah. Awesome. So there are a few little top tips for making sure you have a happy workforce and therefore a workforce that wants to stay and want to drive your business forward so i hope there's some some good thoughts in there i think equally all i would say is if you're listening to this and thinking my company doesn't do any of these and i really don't enjoy it then hey join the great resignation and and take this movement as an inspiration to take that move because you know if you're not happy in your job there'll be better stuff out there for you no doubt so um but I feel like I, I, I'm now in danger of uh, having people without jobs uh, saying it was my fault. So well, well we- you can you can add to the the TikTok revolution. Um, sorry, I'm adding on to the time on this podcast. Uh, but there's uh, something that is has become quite um, synonymous with this movement at the moment is the TikTok videos that people are making about their experience of quitting their jobs. There's quite a library of them out there. Um, yeah, sorry, I don't really know what this is adding to the point. Just very interesting. <laughs> There's people posting like, today I quit my job because this happened or this is, you know, this is the case where I work and I wasn't happy with it. And it's inspiring others to do the same. So, uh, you know, what what it could be is right now, obviously, it's a, it's a movement that's growing in, in power and its numbers. But, you know, TikTok and social media is very powerful and very influential. It could still get a lot more severe absolutely cool well i hope that's helped or at least fueled some some thoughts in your mind and um we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another amazing piece of content for you (laughs) love it